Welcome back to the Greasy Knuckles Podcast with Jimbo and J-Bone. On this episode of the Greasy Knuckles Podcast, we're going to get into a couple little greasy stories. That's right. Tactfully acquiring stuff. Stealing shit. Yeah. I mean... I mean not for monetary gain or anything, just, you know. No, just stupid military stories. That's what it's about. And, uh, yeah, we got a couple good stories coming up. So hang on to your seats, because it's going to get greasy. That's right. Welcome back to another episode of the Greasy Knuckles Podcast. I'm Jimbo! And I'm J-Bone. I'll tell y'all a story about a Batgirl real quick if you want. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's start it out. I used to live in a house... In Washington. Oh, I guess we should crack this caffeine. Yeah, let's go ahead and crack the caffeine real quick. Go ahead. Woo, both of them. Cheers, Cheers, bud. So, I lived in a big house in Washington with a few other people. And it had balconies almost all the way around it. And on the back balcony, whoever lived there before was in a wheelchair, I guess. So there's a wheelchair ramp all the way to the second floor. Damn. So... At that time in my life, when I drank, I usually just wore boxer shorts, bathrobe, and flip-flops, maybe some sunglasses, you know. Classy. Oh, yeah. You know me. So, uh, we were all sitting around, and I had an old office chair, a rolling, rolling chair, around the table. And our table was one of those big wooden cable spools with the hole in the middle, you know. Yeah. Works out pretty good for bachelors, because you can put some bricks on a trash bag and hang it in that hole, and your trash bag's right there at your table. Not bad. You know, and everybody wrote on the markers and everything and signed it. So it was a pretty cool table. <clears throat> Anyhow, the, it had a slider glass door, sliding glass door to the balcony. So I was in that office chair and everybody was on the balcony hanging out, smoking, doing whatever. So I uh, wheeled myself out to the balcony. And this is the second floor, mind you. So, I was, so how far up would you say? I mean... Well, your typical two-story. Yeah, or? it was a two-story house, so you know, I mean, it was probably ten or twelve feet to a floor, ten feet to a floor, something like that. You yeah. know, the balcony was probably ten feet off the ground, but the ramp ran out like the whole length of the house, so the ramp was like thirty or forty feet long. So yeah, man. So I was wheeling myself around the deck, talking to everybody, and smoking and joking, whatever, drinking. And I got close to that wheelchair ramp, and I started thinking, I can ride this office chair down the wheelchair ramp, you know, yeah. like jackass or something, but I said, that'd be funny. So I took off down this thing, just pushed myself over the edge, and it was it was all wood, the ramp, so the the wood ran lateral to the house, you know, sideways, so clack, 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 so all the way down, so it's like, tick, 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 tick. it's like <laughs> hauling ass down this thing, and there was a motion sensor light at the bottom, so when you first took off, it was in the dark, Yeah, couldn't really see. Cause it was on the side of the house so the light for the balcony was over the sliding glass door on the on the end of the house so it was dark over there so i bailed down this thing and at the end the light flashes on you know and you you hit the the bottom there's just a little pad of concrete that kind of made a little 90 around the corner to the garage so just a little tiny piece of sidewalk and the grass so you hit the grass and just tumble out in the grass well this became like a thing to do at the house when we all got drunk so <laughs> We had a, I worked at, I worked at a bar at the time, working the door, so we'd always have after parties. And uh, one night, 
some people came and they brought, brought a couple of big girls with them. You know, just, I don't know, just a heavy in tow. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so I had the chair out on the balcony and I was just doing my normal thing, drinking, rolling around, talking to everybody, whatever. And I got out of the chair and I started thinking like, I got to get one of these big girls in this chair and send her down the ramp. <laughs> so finally one of them sat down and it had the arms on it, you know, the adjustable arms on the side, the armrest. So she was so big that when she sat down in it, she kind of had to like squeeze into it. So uh, she finally gets in this thing. Like I'm telling everybody, don't sit in the chair, don't sit in the chair. There's three of them, I think. She wanted three. that one. I wanted one of them. I yeah. didn't care. They were, they were all fairly hefty gals. So <laughs> finally one of them sits down and she kind of got close to the edge and she was looking down the wheelchair ramp and something just came over me. And I just did a Spartan kick into the back of that chair and off she went. Clickety-clackety-clackety-clackety-clackety-clack. The light came on. She hit the grass. Now, if you're like, let's see, if you're not, not fit, but if you're like a normal shaped human, <laughs> you might flip a couple times through the grass, you know, or yeah. kind of tumble because things that aren't round don't roll real good. But things that are, when she hit the grass, I mean, you're going, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try not to overestimate this. You're going 12 miles an hour, maybe 15, maybe a few more. Like it's cooking. Yeah. So she hits the grass and how just kind of. Do you think hefty is like how many pounds would put on? Let's see. I mean, she was two fifty if she was a dime. You know what I mean? Like, she was she was big. She she was a big girl. She was round, like not like she like wasn't five three two fifty. Yeah, like when she was yeah. in that chair, she was just shapes. Like <laughs> Sir Mix a Lot would have been all about it. You know what I mean? So she uh she hit the the end of that ramp. <clears throat> and hit the grass and just kind of like ah just screamed but she bounced the first time and then she just rolled <laughs> like a like a boulder into the fence you know like just like a butterball turkey if i could have had like if we would have had good cell phones back then and i could have got video and put like bowling pen sounds behind it <laughs> it would have been perfect but i thought she was gonna break the fence that's how fast she was going and she just crashed into the fence, you know, and the other, the other girls, it was like watching cattle go down the chute, you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> they hoofed it down there and checked her out, you know, Jessica, I don't know if that was her name, but Jessica, what happened? Are you okay? And she was like, ah, so I was thinking I killed this girl or maybe broke her leg, but she was all right. She just bled a little bit of gravy out and she was good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I don't know why that story came to mind earlier. I just... Oh, because I was playing in that chair out there. Yeah. I think, man, it would have been awesome if you could put, like, a, a tarp over those, you know, over that ramp. Yeah. Get like some baby slide. oil, lube yourself <laughs> up, and jump down the chute, you know? I don't know. You might have been going too fast with baby oil. <laughs> you know, there was a bucket of Crisco and wiping yeah, down, yeah. but that, that became... Wiping down. I got to go down the ramp. That became a theme to that house, doing that, so... How strong do you think that dude was, that was handicapped, that had to hoof himself up in a wheelchair up that ramp? You know, I don't, I, I thought about that, like, I probably lived there over a year. Yeah. And there were many days, like, just sitting on that back porch, smoking a joint, looking down that ramp, that I thought, that, that guy had to be, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, you, you know what he had to look like? He had to, like, Deadpool, and his legs get cut off in a second, oh, he's yeah? got little baby legs. 
<laughs> little baby legs and That's, this huge upper body. Yeah. Just shirt cocking it, you know what I mean? So, it was fucking yoked. So, I mean, he had he, either he was a monster or he had some kind of like a ski rope and a bicycle wheel. I don't know, but or maybe he had an electric wheelchair, or maybe just an assistant that helped push him up there. But dude, if you had to push, like, I we like at some point I know we tried to push somebody up the ramp in the chair and it just didn't work. Hmm. But it got to where we ride skateboards down it, or we break a chair, we just go to Goodwill and find another one, or steal one from an office somewhere. You know that somebody worked out. Tactfully acquire. Yeah. As, uh, Thieving. So. That's what we used to call it, man. Yeah. Which reminds me of a story. See, this is how we do it on the Greasy Knuckles. Just we just whatever. Throw one story out there, and then it just snowballs, man. And then we try to come up with a theme later. <laughs> yeah. But uh. So it reminds me of tactfully acquiring a TV for the boat. Mm -hmm. So I was stationed on a carrier, a big carrier, right? ship. a ship, boat, whatever. <clears throat> and uh, we were going out on what we call decks, you know, just a detachment. And there's only a 10 day detachment, mm -hmm. which doesn't seem long at all. Mm -hmm. But whenever you can't do fucking anything, like we weren't allowed on the flight deck, we weren't allowed to basically do anything. Right. So we would show up to our shop for work and then we just stared at each other. And that time, I think we had like 12 or 15 packs of cards. And you know, whenever you've used a card, you know, a deck of cards for a couple of years, they mm -hmm. get like real worn into where. It's basically like copier paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All 15 decks were like that. Yeah. Like we had played probably not even underestimating at least 110 hours of spades. Mm -hmm. Like we're the fucking spades kings dude, mm -hmm. at the end of this thing. But uh, so anyways, we get to our shop and it's not set up at all for us. Like there weren't, that wasn't really our shop yet. You know, we hadn't taken it over. And uh, my my supervisor that was in charge of me was like, man, we gotta get a TV. Like, this is just driving me nuts because there was nothing to do. You can't get on your phone, you can't get, right. like, there's no service, no internet, nothing. <clears throat> so it, it, it was just driving us nuts. And you put people in a room that have pretty much nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. You ain't making shit, you know? Mm -hmm. I've been deployed. Like, and then you just make each other stare at each other for yeah. fucking 10 days straight, you're gonna get shit done. So yeah. I was like, well, hell, I can get a TV. That ain't nothing. There's TVs all over this fucking boat. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, listen, I'm not gonna say don't go get one. He's like, cause I really wanna watch some movies, but don't get caught. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, hell yeah, we'll tactfully acquire yeah. this thing. So we waited, I was on night shift, so it was probably, <clears throat> two o'clock in the morning and me and my buddy went out scouting. I was like, all right, we got to scout the area. Case the place. You know, we got to case every little joint we can, try and find the best spot to take this TV from. So we ended up finding a birthing, which is for all of you people that do not know, it's sleeping quarters and Right outside the birthing, there was this little common area. It was a really tiny common area, maybe an eight by eight area with like two chairs in it for people to sit down and play video games or whatever. Right. 
and they had a big old like 55 inch TV. And I was mm. like, that's the one right there. I didn't know anybody lived down there because it was, it was deep into the ship, you know? Mm -hmm. But I guess it's, you know, the, the zombie people so that climb the up out of the, Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, man, that's the TV right there. Nobody's around, blah, blah, blah. We're like, all right. So the next day, we didn't want to do it just then because yeah. in about an hour, people were going to start waking up, getting ready. Yeah. So I was like, all right, tomorrow we'll get it. And went up to my supervisor. I was like, I know where to get the TV. All right, all right. So next day, me and my buddy were like, all right, we need some, <laughs> we need some snips because it was like held on to the wall with like safety wire. Yeah. I was like, we need some snips and we, you know, a couple screwdrivers. Yeah. A couple wrenches. We went down there, snipped it, took it off the wall, and hauled ass because we start hearing people snoring and like rumbling around. We're like, yeah. oh shit, this is like, this is a real birthing. Like, yeah. there's people here, there's trolls. So we take off running. I was like, well, fuck, we can't just walk through the hangar bay holding this huge TV. <laughs> and we were turd shirts at the time, which means like we were in the lion shack and we were just the bottom of the barrel so yeah. you see bottom of the barrel people walking through the hangar bay with a 55 inch tv yeah they're up to something yeah yeah they're gonna call you out so went up to the 03 deck because that goes the entire length of the ship mm -hmm. and uh if we went down below we'd have to go through the galley carrying a tv if yeah. we went so i was like okay 03 is where all the maintenance controls are the officers quarters are and all that stuff mm -hmm. but most of them are either asleep or on the flight deck right at this time so i was like perfect we'll just go up there so we hoof this big ass tv up the ladder wells get up to the 03 we're walking through and this like 04 05 like high ranking officer right he goes hey and we stopped we're like fuck because we're you know past them yeah you know i was like fuck we're we're caught we're done right like and he's like what are you doing with that tv and i was just like uh he's like that looks like my tv i was like it's definitely not <laughs> i didn't want to say like yeah we fucking <laughs> took it from a birthing way below deck but i was like um i don't it's not sir and he's like let me see and then he looked at like the make or the model or whatever. He's like, oh yeah, that's not my TV. Where do you guys get this? I was like, oh, a supply, you know, hooked us up, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, cool. And that was it. He walked away. Dude, I could feel, feel the sweat dripping off my ass. Yeah. Like I was, I was scared. But so he hooked it back with, you know, come in there. Everyone's cheering. Everyone's <laughs> happy. Like. Man, if they had confetti, they would have been popping that right. shit off. They were just like, yeah, yeah, good job. You know, blank, yeah, and blank. Yeah. For y'all's contribution, like, that's fucking awesome, blah, blah, And they were losing their minds over it. Hook up the TV, start watching movies. <laughs> People start coming into our shop being like, where the fuck did y'all get that? And we're like, listen, if you want to watch TV, you won't ask questions, you know? But at the end of this, guy, Excuse me. What we had to do is we had to in, take inventory of what was in the shop when we took custody, mm -hmm. and then also take inventory of what's in the shop 
after we leave right. and turn over custody. Right. I didn't think about that, neither did my supervisor, till the end, and he's like, we gotta take that TV back. I was like, what are you talking about? I said, well, it's not on the inventory list. Like, they're gonna know that we fucking just yanked this thing from somewhere. Right. And then all it's gonna take is them reporting that their TV's missing, two yeah. and two together, you know? So I was like, fuck, all right, we gotta take this thing back. And I mean, we had taken HDMI cables, the fucking remote, <laughs> like, we took everything. And it's like, all right, well, tonight, we'll go down there. We start taking it down, start to set it down nice and easy, you know, because we're gonna hang it back up and make sure nothing was out of place. And then I hear, hey! And this guy starts walking. <laughs> he starts walking towards us out of the birthing. I'm like, run! Run! <laughs> and I've got my, my goggles down, my, you know, because I was like, I'm not getting identified, right. you know? So I was like, run! <laughs> and we throw all the shit down, throw the TV down. And then I had left the remotes and the cables and stuff, like, up on top of the ladder wells. And I was like, fuck! So I ran up the ladder well, grabbed all the shit, and just <laughs> threw it down at him. <laughs> and we took off running. And we get back, and we're fucking breathing heavy. We're shaking. My supervisor's like, what the fuck happened? I was like, it's back. It's back. We were we were in here, like, the whole time. You know what? Woo, man, we almost got caught. Hey! It's like, oh. So taking the TV and returning it, we almost got fucked up. Man. But... Uh, that was fun. Yeah, I used to love doing that when I was in the Air Force, just stealing stuff from people, you know, or like tactfully acquiring it, like you said. But like we used to try to just steal anything from another squadron, you know, it didn't matter what it was. Like there was a there was a commander in the our sister squadron. Yeah. When I was in Italy, and he had a he had a little F sixteen statue on his desk. So this was like the most prized possession to steal. Like nobody had ever stolen it, you know. And me and a couple of the guys, we kept trying to, like, devise a plan to get in there. But, you know, it's, that's fucking risky shit to walk into the commander's office. Yeah. You know, you're not, just, you're not just in a flight chief's office. You're in, like, the fucking man's office. So, so we're, we're planning out all these diversions and everything. And, and uh, I was getting close to the end of my, my time there. And I was like, man, we got to get this fucking thing. You know, like, this is, like, I got to do this before I go. This is the coup de grace. This is the, <laughs> the thing. So we went over there with this whole plan that, like, my buddy was going to go in. He's going to start asking. He's going to tell him we had a problem with a jet over there and try to get somebody to, like, talk to him about it. You know, it's just a half-assed plan. Yeah. <clears throat> and, usually how it works. And so the way this place was set up, you couldn't walk over there. You had to drive out of the gate. And you had to go around. You either had to go all the way around base or you had to drive out of our gate and around to the back gate and get back in. So it was either drive, like, I mean, it took forever to get all the way around the base on the perimeter road. Yeah. Or, like, two seconds around the end of the runway. So I was like, well, fucking... I mean, we're going into runway. So we use my car. So we get over there. The commander's sitting in his office. So he starts trying to talk to people, whatever. And he's trying to talk to a pilot. Like, we don't want to get a mechanic because they're going to call bullshit. You know, like, immediately. Yeah. You know, you're going to make something up and they're going to tell you you're an idiot. It's this. You know, like, oh, it's this fucking thing. So it wouldn't take long enough. So he's trying to, he's trying to ask pilots about it. I don't remember what his story was. Something with like either like a CSD or an EPU. You know, like some component. He's trying to like, it's basically stump the pilot. That's what the game yeah. is. Because he's hoping that we can get the commander to like get involved. 
So, so he's trying to talk to these guys or whatever. And I'm standing, there's a hallway that goes down past a couple of doors. Mm -hmm. And the commander's office is at the end. And the only time I'd ever seen it was going in there when we had, we had to go across the runway to work. And we were in the shop and I had to use the, the toilet, the head, and it was down at that end of the hall. So I'd heard about this F-16 statue the whole time I'd been there, but when I went to the, to the toilet one time, I saw it. So I knew right where it was. So I'm trying to stand at the end of this hallway, like inconspicuous. I'm wearing camo, trying to blend in, you know, like, yeah. so I'm waiting, waiting, and I keep, I keep waiting for him to get this guy into it enough that he'll like, let's go ask the commander or something, or let's get him out, whatever. Standing there, and I'm watching my buddy talk to this guy in the break room, and out of the corner of my eye, I see movement. And the commander comes out of his office, and turns in that bathroom mm. and I think now's the time but I gotta like I can't just take off running you know I gotta fucking like ease down there like I'm not up to anything so I kind of you know speed walk down there dip in there grab this thing and all I had on was like my my BDU top you know my yeah. I don't know what you guys have but the blouse you know so <laughs> the thing's like it's probably eight or ten inches tall and you know it's got a base on it and it says the squadron number and whatever so i've got it like stuck up under my shirt and i got my hand on the bottom of it so i'm mm -hmm. holding it and you can you can tell there's something in my shirt but you can't really tell what and as soon as i get out of his office and going back down the hall i hear the fucking bathroom door open so i'm thinking <laughs> in my mind i'm like maybe he'll just walk in there and not notice that it's gone right because the hallway was I don't know, 50 feet, I don't know, it was, it, it, it was far enough yeah. that I couldn't get out of the hallway before he went into his office. So I'm trying, I'm thinking if I speed walk now, he's going to see me speed walking, you know, know I'm up to something. But the, I guess the best part about being like 20 years old or 21 and a skinny white dude in the military is like every other skinny 21 year old yeah. white dude. Do I got the same haircut? I mean, I had some tattoos in my arms by then, but I had my sleeves down. I was incognito, dude. <laughs> so, as soon as, like, I'm trying to, like, not look over my shoulder at him, but, like, as soon as I feel like he should be turning into his office, I pick up the pace a little bit, and I come out in the break room. This motherfucker that was with me, I'm not going to say his name either, he had, like, six pilots involved in this conversation now. <laughs> Instead of just, like, I don't know if the game turned into him to, like, see how many people I can stop, but I come out of the break, I come into the break room, and I just, I lock eyes with all of them. And they all look over at me, you know, like, what's this guy doing? And I got a thing under my shirt, and I'm like, hey, man. I say his name. I was like, I figured it out. Let's go. And one of them was like, what'd you, what? You know, and I said, no, I figured out what we were what we were trying to figure out, sir. And he's like, what do you have? Like, he says it just like that. Like, if he would have had a megaphone, that's the only way yeah. he could have said it louder. What do you have? <laughs> and I said, nothing. And I took off, dude. <laughs> fucking running but now I can't run with it under my shirt so I've just got it like an Oscar like an Emmy <laughs> award and I'm running out of the squadron and I'm just like as bad as I hate to say this I'm just like fuck that guy I gotta get away you know <laughs> so so they all like kind of swarm him a couple of them come after me and I run out and I tr I'm trying to get in my car but the problem with my car is <laughs> that it was an 86 Volkswagen that we had painted camouflage and put like a bright orange racing stripe down the top. <laughs> Super inconspicuous. Yeah, so I get in the car and just like I'm far enough ahead that they can't see my face. You know, like they <laughs> all they see is this fucking clown car 
peeling out of the parking lot. You know, it's gravel. So it's a front wheel drive car. So it's <laughs> I hit the gate, take off. I get back to the squadron and there about 30 seconds. I run into the first shirt's office and I'm like, I got it. The master sergeant and his phone rings. He's like, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> so we got caught. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were waterboarding my boy over there. You know, like, <laughs> so we got caught and we had to, we had to, what go, do you do with the jet? Dude, we had to go clean their squadron for like four weekends in a row or something. Every weekend we were there mopping. It was so close I could taste it. Man, we almost had it. But uh, that dude, his name's not Jefferson, but I'll just say it. Uh, that dude, Jefferson, he's, when I finally, like, they came over to get it. Like, the commander and all those pilots in the break room. And, I mean, we got our asses chewed. You know, like, we got yeah. stomped all over pretty much. <laughs> so, me and Jefferson are standing there, and, and, the, and we're standing at attention. And they know it's a game. Like, they know. But that was, like too much yeah so i mean they're like they're actually threatening paperwork and stuff you know like the commander for so he's talking to our commander but back then commanders were pilots yeah they weren't like some just some dude on the base you know our commander was a pilot so you know if you got in trouble that's all you had to do is go see him and he usually got away with it or you know but they're going back and forth and he's telling them i'll take care of it you know, we'll, we'll work out the details or whatever, but rest assured, they're in trouble. And Jefferson's standing behind me. He's like, what the fuck, man? You just fucking run off and leave me like that? I was like, dude, we were, I mean, we were going to get caught if I didn't run. He's like, we got caught anyway, stupid. So that's what happened. We had to give it back, and we had to go apologize in person again. But we went over there, and we had to, you know, mop and take out trash and just get shit pretty much because every time the pilots walked through the... So the squadron I was in was a different color our stuff was like theirs was one color ours was another color you know like the banner or whatever squadron yeah. colors so the t-shirts had the patch on them for our squadron and they had like a fucking a big one on the back you know i'll say it was the the five tenth fighter squadron and the 555th so the five tenth was the buzzards and it had a huge buzzard on the back so we would go over there and everybody that walked through there, dude, would just give us a fucking rash of shit. The pilots would come in and put us at attention and smoke us. We're doing push-ups, fucking mopping rain. You know, just the sun, yeah, dude. Sweeping the rain. Yeah. But they so, fucked us up. Dude, you you completely spiked my memory. With the um, F-16? Yeah, was stealing the little trophy thing. Mm -hmm. So, in my squadron, right, it was... We had a chicken, I'll just say it was a chicken, mm -hmm. right? To where you would get, your shop could win chicken of the month. Yeah. Or whatever. All right. Fuck it. Red cock of the month. Yeah. Right? Right. So, it was like, oh, you guys are hot shit. And on the boat, they actually turned it into a good thing. But it was so shady the way they would do it. Yeah. Like, because our shop was working like 18 hours every day, fucking killing inspections and doing all this shit. And they would give it to like the, the paper bitches. Yeah. You know, it was like, so it wasn't, but they wanted everybody to get a turn. Like yeah. Red cock of the month. Everybody whatever. gets a trophy. Which was, if you, if your shop got that, it was dope because you got a movie night, like, to where you could go up to the ready room, they'd pop popcorn, you know, give you popcorn, and 
it would be essentially two and a half hours, three hours off work. Did they have like a big screen in the ready room? Yeah. Like the briefing Big room? old projector. Yeah. Yeah. We're slowly giving away details to our identities, I think. Like all I these little, so. it's going to be like a scavenger hunt. There's like. If you can figure it out, there'll be a prize. There's like two people listening. So, Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. The real MVPs. Thanks, guy and girl. Yeah, guy and girl. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so the way it would work is they had this little statue about 10 inches tall, maybe mm-hmm. 12 inches tall. It was a red cop, right? Yeah. And it was like, it was old, dude. And like a maple wood, like a little base on it. And yeah. then it had like hand woven legs. Yeah. You know, and real, like actual real feathers. Yeah. Oh, so a chicken, not a dick. Yeah. Gotcha. Not not like a cock, <laughs> you know, but like a, a fighting like cock. Like a game cock. Yeah. Like a game cock, fighting cock. But. Cock fight. So it'd have like. You know, real fast. It was nice as fuck. Yeah. Like, looking back on it, I'm like, damn, that was a nice-ass chicken. You know, like, I'm sure that shit costs a pretty penny. Well, me and my buddy got it in our heads. He he came up to me. He's like, we're going to steal that fucking chicken. I was like, okay. Yeah, we are. Tell me the game (laughs) plan, you know. Let's go through this. And we were on the beach at this time. Well, the line shack had won it. They always had someone in their shop. Always, but for FOD Walkdown, they would make everybody come yeah. out. And if you didn't go to FOD Walkdown, like you got smoked, yep. you know. So they'd be like, "All right," he's like, "Here's the plan. We're gonna do FOD Walkdown, but we're gonna break off and run to the, to the line shack. And the line shack was in plain view. But if you were running over there to get like a mag broom or something, like right. they didn't give a fuck. So I was like, "All right." That's the plan. We're gonna do it. We went in there to that shop. It was on top of their fridge, but there was somebody in the shop. So real quick, if, for the uninitiated, fog walk downs when you walk the whole flight line or flight deck or whatever, looking for shit laying on the ground. Yeah, and you gotta just pick up whatever it is, like yeah. you know, just trash. Yeah. So everybody lines up, walks the whole thing. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there. So there's somebody in there. But there's somebody in there. Yeah. So he went in there, started distracting them and everything. I went in there, grabbed the chicken, threw it up underneath my blouse. Yeah. Right? And I just walked out. And he's like, all right, man, see you later. And he dipped out. He's like, you got it? I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we took off running to the shop. We ended up hiding it in the corrosion shop. Yeah. Inside one of their drawers. Because they didn't fucking work. Every single day, they'd show up to work, sit down in their chairs, and start playing on their phones. Yeah. Like, they were lazy as fuck. And anybody that got sent to corrosion shop... They just like quadrupled in size because all yeah. they do is sit there and eat. Yeah. So, but that freshman fifteen, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we had a guy in there. Literally went in there, pretty skinny. About six months later, he was able to set his phone on his gut and watch movies. Like nice. he was just <laughs> fat as fuck. But and for all you that don't know, I'm like girl gut. The Navy is the fattest branch of the military. So there's a little got that Navy gravy. Navy gravy, but. That's disgusting. It ain't from um, the fucking food. I saw the pictures of the food. Yeah, it's horrible. But, so anyways, we steal this chicken, take it out, like, throw it in one of their drawers, and we're like, we'll get it later, right? Yeah. Now, probably six months, or probably two months go by, right? They We have a full, like, maintenance meeting. Yeah. Safety meeting, everything. Like, the skipper comes down, which is the head of the command. 
Skipper uh, comes down, everything. He's like, I would give an award for Red Cock of the Month. He's like, we're still going to announce who it is. We're cockless. But we don't have, I think its name was like Roger or something. Right. And he's like, we don't have the chicken anymore. Uh, he actually, somebody dropped him and he got broken. And uh, lies, you know, yeah, deception, fucking straight bullshit. I was <laughs> like, I know exactly where that chicken is. He's completely fine. Like, but someone broke it, so we're gonna have to get a new one. This, that, and the other. And I was like, oh fuck, yeah, we still have that chicken. And I went in there and checked; it was still in there. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. It wasn't till because we had forgotten about it. Yeah, like a year later, we went back in there and checked, and we we're like, oh fuck. So we took that, set it in maintenance control, and they were like, where the fuck is this chicken been? <laughs> yeah, that, that reminds me of that, dude. We fucking nice. yanked that chicken. Yeah, we stole a- we stole Yanked a, that cock, son. We stole an entire building one time. Like, I say building, but I mean shed. Like one of those little, it was probably like, mm, six by eight, just a little metal shed, and it had one door and one window on it, and like a bench in it. Mm. I don't know what it was for, but we acquired a forklift. So once we got the forklift, for probably a week after we got the forklift, I was on night shift, we took turns driving the forklift around, just picking stuff up to see what it would pick up, right? Yeah. So our sister squadron, again, they had, okay, I'll tell you, it was a guard shack, right? So you know what I'm talking about, like standing room only, just like a fucking... It's just like three porta potties. That's how big it is, right? So we're driving around the forklift one night, you know, like picking up people's cars and shit, like fucking with stuff in the parking lot. Because for anybody that doesn't know, that's basically that's basically half your time in the military is just like <laughs> fucking things up or fucking off or stealing stuff or you know causing trouble. Yeah. So especially if you're a maintainer, it's just it's just in our blood. So we, we're driving the forklift around. And one of the guys is like, we should go get that building. Because it was out by the... Remember the two gates I told you about? Yeah. It was by the back gate, but they didn't use it anymore. Like, they just left those gates open because the gates were on the perimeter road. Okay. Right? So, the, so what you did was you came out of our squadron on the perimeter road, and you followed it that way. And they had another gate right there. So, the, the fence was on the end of the runway. Like, you could park on that road. It was pretty cool. You could park on that road at night. And you would be right at the end of runway and watch the jets come in, you know, so they come, like, right over your head. Yeah. Anyways, so that's where that guard shack was, but they didn't use it. And there was no electricity to it or anything. It was just a fucking little building. So we went over there in the in the still of the night with a forklift with, like, three people hanging off the back of it, you know, because you got to have cronies. So we went over there, though, put the forklift under it, put the straps around it. Dude comes out of the building. What are you guys doing? You know? And we said, oh, we're from CE. That's the construction squadron. We're from CE. We're just, you know, reclaiming this building. We've got to take it over, take it a bunch of shit to DRMO. That's where we get rid of stuff, DRMO. Yeah. Throw DRMO. your shit away. Yeah. yeah. Taking a lot of shit over to DRMO. So we just, they task us to come get this building. He didn't say anything. Didn't want any paperwork. Didn't want to call anybody. <laughs> He's like, all right, guys, have a good night. So we strap this thing to the forklift and just drive it back to the squadron drive it out onto the flight line and we put it down like the way Italy's flight line is you have pads so the taxiway like 
it's it snakes through the grass like it's there it's just like a it's like a big long curve and then another curve back and so you can get to the run or the taxiway at either end like one end goes out to the taxiway and like down whatever and the other end is our EOR so the jets would come out that way and then they come back in the same way like they rarely ever use the other anyways so we fucking get this thing and we put it in the grass like right between two of the pads and day shift came in so you know everybody's like where the fuck did this building come from you know like so but the, th the beauty of it was it was cold out it was winter time so now we had a smoke shack so now oh, there'd shit. be 20 mechanics in this thing shoulder to shoulder smoking cigarettes you know like, so we got like a we went and found a heater, an H1, yeah. the heater on wheels. We rolled that thing up. We just chopped the hole in the back of it and put the tube on it. We had a light all out there. Cut to like maybe two months later, probably three, something like that. I come to work one night and we had a new guy. And my expediter, the guy that drove us all around on the flight line, he's like, I'll call this guy Timmy. Wasn't his name. He's like, Timmy, you're on barbecue duty. And I'm like, barbecue duty? What the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? Day Shift, who usually was a bunch of turds, but Day Shift had gone and, st and stolen a barbecue from somewhere. So every Friday after that, if you were new, you got put on barbecue duty. So we would all be working and there'd be some poor son of a bitch over there flipping hamburgers all day, <laughs> like all afternoon. Somebody would be cooking hamburgers. Dude, it was great. We stole a picnic table. Like we had a whole setup Hell after yeah. a few months. We had a couple picnic tables out there, a buck can for cigarettes, a trash can. It was great. You could go sit out there and have a cigarette and do your forms and eat a hamburger. We started doing that at the line shack too. Like, I brought my grill, mm -hmm. brought some smoking chips, and yeah. like, uh, people would throw in money on like Wednesday, you know? Yeah. And I'd take everybody's money and I'd go to the commissary and buy like right. fucking ribs and burgers yeah. and steaks and like, it wasn't. A, no hot dogs and hamburgers yeah. like it was good shit and i'd be out there like you know grilling because i love grilling i hated dealing with those fucking planes like yeah. it's like fuck that and my supervisor was like damn you can you can grill man so he put me on grill duty every weekend i was like fuck yeah so i'd go start setting up like five hours before we got yeah. off you know i'd just be out there grilling steaks and ribs and yeah it was it was a long time before any higher ups like actually caught on to what we were doing. They're like, you can't be grilling out there. Yeah. We were literally 50 feet from the fuel farm. Yeah. Like <laughs> the huge fuel farm. And I'm just out there smoking up steaks and stuff. But like, yeah. And for any of y'all that don't know, like, I haven't really seen it much in the civilian world, and like, where smoking is like, oh, we gotta get a cigarette, you know? Like, I've seen people obviously fiend for it, but on the ship, like, we probably had, it's probably five feet wide by like 10 feet long. Mm -hmm. And there was like three sections of that. And that was the smoke pit on the boat. There'd be like 150 people yeah. in there, like, hanging over the railing you know yeah. sitting in the doorway trying to just squeeze their way in and if you got into the middle you were fucked yeah you were just there there were some people that didn't even smoke and they would come out like breathing yeah. like blowing out smoke just because yeah. there's this massive just cloud 
I think it's because I think it's because when you're a civilian, you can just go have a cigarette, and what's the worst that's gonna happen? Somebody's gonna say, "Hey, man, where you?" Yeah, doing? that's true. Out there, you like have to like fucking hide to have a cigarette, you know, or like I gotta pee, and they're like, "Well, too bad, motherfucker, we got shit going," you know, yeah. like because somebody's just like somebody's like your dad, you know what I mean? Like you just can't, you're not allowed to say no. Yeah. So you're like, I haven't had a cigarette. In, I mean, I don't smoke anymore, but back then it's like I haven't had a cigarette in 18 hours. They're like, I don't give a fuck, you know, like you got shit to do. Yeah. I think that's the difference. That's got to be the difference because people will just stack up in there, yeah. dude. And I mean, it's on the boat it's different too because you've got over six thousand people, you know, right? Trying to get into thirty feet of space. Yeah, and everybody smokes on the boat, and that was the thing we'd tell people before going to the ship, like, "Hey, do you do you smoke? Do you dip?" No, hell no, I've never done that in my life. Be like, you will. Yeah. You just wait. No, hell no. And they'd come off deployment with a fucking carton of cigarettes. Yeah. Chain smoking, you know? Yeah. But. I think, though, I say, I say like, back then, like, I'm 75 years old, but, like, even that long ago, I've been, I've been out for, like, 20 years, so even that long ago, have I been out for 20 years? 18 years? Something like that. I don't know. What the fuck ever, but even, even just that long ago, on, on Friday, if we finished up early, they would have beer waiting for us, like, at the squadron sometimes. You know, like, the pilots would all go buy beer and fill coolers and Man, shit. That must be nice. And we'd get shit-faced and drive home. No, we didn't. I shouldn't say that. I'd have a beer so that I wasn't drunk, and then I'd wait three hours and have some water and then have yeah. a taxi. So, but yeah, it was cool like that even then, man. And then they fucked it all up. Because we went from fighter squadrons back to maintenance squadrons, and then we had, like, that was when I got out. Then we had, like, the uh, like the commander was a guy from the motor pool, you know, like, some dude that worked on Humvees was, like, in charge of all of maintenance all of a sudden because yeah. he was the highest-ranking officer. What I loved about the military is you could haze the fuck out of people. Like, towards the end, yeah, they kind of were a little more strict on the hazing. Yeah. And hazing, for y'all that don't know, <laughs> is basically just fucking with people. Yeah. Really bad. Or, like, and beating the shit out of kinda them. Kind of like bullying them. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But I, it was awesome. Like, there was uh, this form that we had to fill out. It was a turnover, you know? Yeah. And we'd print it out on, like, negative 50. So it'd be, you can't even read it. You know, it was yeah. so damn small, but it still had little lines right. in it. And we'd print this out and get our new guys to go around and ask for PU Tech 55Y oil. Yeah. Which, if you spell that out on a piece of paper, yeah. it'll just say pussy. Right. So, it's like an ID-10T yeah. report. Yeah, ID-10T. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd have them go around looking for PU-55Y oil, and they'd have to go get sign-offs from each shop. Yeah. And they'd take it to, like, the AOs, the ordinance men. Yeah. They'd be like, hey, I need PU-55Y oil. They told me to come in here and have you sign it off. And they'd be like, yeah! And they'd sign it off. All right, take it off to the AZs. And they'd go through the entire place. Yeah. Like, getting signatures for pussy oil yeah you know i i do miss doing that kind of stuff like hazing people shit like that yeah but i mean i mean we had a good time like on our last day you got fucked up completely you know like if you're when you're getting ready to pcs or get out or whatever like when i left when i left italy i guess i probably got time for this when i left italy my my last day they you know i finished out on day shift i thought i was done i was almost in my car and the expediter's like, hey man, come here. 
And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm like right out the door of the car. He says, I need you to run back out to the jet. And I said, for what? You know, like, what the fuck? I'm not going back out there. You know, I made it. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 I need you to run back out there. Well, he outranks me. I can't tell him no. So he gets me in the truck and drives me back out to the, to the Haz, the hardened aircraft shelter. And I get out of the truck and he's like, all right, man, burp, burp, burp. takes off in the truck. I was like, oh, fuck, you know. So I'm looking around, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And one of my other buddies, he comes walking into the hangar and he's swinging a big toe strap around, you know. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. So I tried to like, you know, tried to attack and get out of there. Not, I mean, not really a fight because we're buddies, but you know, they just tried to get away. So they grab me and they put the straps all over me and duct tape and shit, put duct tape over my mouth and they throw me in the back of the, we call it a three pack. It's like a little Volkswagen flatbed truck. You can fit yeah. three people in the cab. So it's a three pack, but they, they laid me down on the back of it. And, but to get off the flight line, you have to drive past the, the, like the SPs, the flight line police, you know, they're at a, they're at a little guard shack yeah. where you cross the line to go onto the flight line where you break red. So, <laughs> We're driving up to it, and you have to stop even on the way out, you know, and they, they just look in the truck, you know, like, nope, not a tank. Go ahead. So they stopped, and I just sat up and looked at that dude. My hair was all fucked up, you know, and I had duct tape all over my mouth, and I was strapped up, and I started like, like, help me, like screaming. So they, you know, they racked the, the M16s. Everybody on the ground, everybody on the ground. So now I'm fucking, now I'm fucking with them, right? So... We all get out, and then they make you lay down into your pockets and all this shit, and you know, check your ID, whatever. Yeah. Check your badge, all that shit. So that, that pissed them off, you know, the guys that had that were driving the truck. So we got back. I mean, they get all this nasty shit out of the refrigerator. They bury you in the sand and like rub shit in your hair. One dude, we strapped him to. We had a, a static F16, but it was like 12 feet long. It, was, it wasn't full size. Yeah. It was like whatever, one third scale, one fifteenth scale, whatever. But it was on a post that was at a 45 degree angle like it came up like a flagpole and it went at a 45. Yeah. so we strapped him to that and just like left him there for hours dude when he got down his hands were purple because all the blood was going to shit and everybody would walk by and like squirt ketchup on him you know and rub shit in his hair and fuck it, whatever but so they do that and then you know like we got done and they took me to the bar and got me drunk but i wouldn't even shower you know they had rubbed like anchovies on me and fucking olive oil in my hair and shit like yeah just shit and I went right to the bar like that but we did blood in blood out for my line check as soon as you get there you get jumped yeah. and then as soon as you're leaving yeah. back to your shop or whatever you get jumped and people know it's coming yeah. so they try to hide like that yeah. last day yeah. we'd find them dude hunt them down yeah I got him and then you'd have 20 people running out yeah. there and jumping this dude but anyways I think that's probably it I guess it's gonna be it for myself here at the Greasy Knuckles. Just a little bullshit session for the fellas. Yeah, a little bullshit. And uh, remember, if you got a topic that you want us to cover, please let us know. Please. <laughs> if you want to call in, do it. Let me know. Yeah, we'll, send uh, us a message. We'll talk. We'll get you in on the podcast. And there's a Q&A on these uh, episodes. On these episodes. So you can just put it in there if you want. Yeah. Hey, I want to show up on this, whatever. Yeah. And uh, we'll get in contact with you. But remember, if you're going to get greasy, go knuckles deep. Here at the Greasy Knuckles Podcast, we do love everybody at the end of the day. We might be dickheads. We might be shitbags. 
But we love hope. everybody. So if you or a loved one or anything is having thoughts of suicide or going through addiction, anything, and you're a veteran, uh, please, please reach out. It's 1-800-273-8255 and then press 1. Uh, that's the Veterans Crisis Hotline. Or you can go to the veteranscrisisline.net, all one word, or text 838-255 or call the VA or call the Greasy Knuckles. Do something. Help yourself. Do something and reach out, man, because 22 a day is 22 too many. That's a tongue twister. Stay greasy. See ya. It's like a hot dog flying through the air.